You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today, we're going to talk about our preferences and how they've changed over time. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? Lice have come to our house. That delightful childhood malady that happens when children put their heads close to one another Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. a school setting. Yep. I've learned quite a lot about lice, more than I ever wanted to know. I think we have it cured. Knock on wood. We're doing one final treatment today, but I pray it never comes back. It's really gross. It makes me itchy just talking about it right now. Mm. Did you ever have lice as a child? I did. Mm -hmm. And I texted my mom that there was lice in our household, and she said, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What's new with you? HP is doing an egg drop competition this coming Monday at school, and they're going to have a fire truck come, and they're going to drop it from the three-story ladder and see whose eggs survive. So he has been very interested in that. And this weekend, we're going to do a family competition to practice. So so fun. That's been fun. There are posters up around my house that he made yesterday with the rules and Mm -hmm. the information. And we watched a couple YouTube videos about the physics behind different methods of the egg drop competition. So that was fun. We'll see how it goes. But just been a enjoyable family activity at the moment. I love that. I would also like to let listeners know that if you hear banging on my part of the audio, it is because the electrician is working on the wall directly behind me. So I apologize in advance for that situation, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Now let's move into what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest book? I just listened to Not My Problem by Kira Smith. This is a queer YA romance about Aideen, whose mom is struggling with alcohol addiction, and she develops a friendship with and then a crush on Maeve, who's a know-it-all at their school. Mm -hmm. The audiobook was awesome. It's set in Ireland, so the Irish accents are so good. The reader was excellent. I really loved the teen friendships. They were very sweet. And I'm not sure how realistic it was in terms of kids being so capable. I think Mm. if you have a low threshold for that kind of thing, this might not be the book for you. Mm -hmm. But it was really what I needed at the time. And I loved it. Five stars. Despite the hard topics, it was really great. And I would recommend it, especially the audiobook. What is your latest read, Sarah? I am almost finished reading Men Who Hate Women, From Incels to Pickup Artists, The Truth About Extreme Misogyny and How It Affects Us All by Laura Bates. Mm. It is a very intense book. I heard about it from the podcast Offline, where Jon Favreau interviewed Laura Bates. Mm. And that was a really great podcast conversation. So I recommend that if you're wanting a smaller dose Mm -hmm. and more condensed version of the information. In the book, she goes through and talks about these different groups on what she calls the manosphere, Mm. which is a very misogynistic, anti-feminist part of the internet. And there's these Mm. different communities within it, like incels and pickup artists and communities I hadn't heard of before, like men who go their own way, which I'm not Mm. sure if you say that, MGTOW, MGTO, I'm not sure. Mm. And giving information about those groups' beliefs, which are uniformly horrifying. The chapters at the beginning were especially hard to read because she has a lot of direct quotes from these forms. 
that are just full of hatred of women. Yuck. But I am glad that I know this information, especially about how the internet radicalizes young men in particular. The best chapter in my mind was about kids and teens and how these groups are trying to recruit them and lead them deeper and deeper into this misogynistic ideology. Mm. It was a really hard read, especially those first few chapters. I would say those are the most intense. I had to take a lot of breaks. But I do understand why she went into so much detail, even though it was a lot. And I really applaud her for the emotional work that she did to report on these communities and put forward this analysis. Seriously. I do recommend it. I learned a lot about things I had no idea about or had only vaguely heard of. It explained so much of what we are seeing in our culture and how it goes from these extreme corners of the internet and then becomes normalized in the broader Mm. culture and how that transition happens. And I've been thinking a lot about it just in this last week with several news stories that have come up and the way that politicians and the news covers these stories. Lots of that has been hitting me in a different way, looking at it through this lens. Mm -hmm. She really has connected a lot of dots about what is happening culturally, and I think it's really useful. But as I said, Take care of yourself if you choose to read it because it is a lot. Yeah. Let's move on to our topic for today, our preferences. I thought we could go through different areas of our lives and share our current preferences, how strong they are, and if they've changed over time. Let's start with a really broad category, our lifestyles. What are some of your preferences? I prefer to have fewer scheduled activities to do outside the house and to be more able to be spontaneous with library park, play dates, mm-hmm. laying around, doing housework, gardening, turning on the sprinkler for our children. Mm-hmm. And I think that I have just gotten more entrenched in that as my kids have gotten older and there's more of a drive to do more things with them, like to mm-hmm. join more sports mm-hmm. and to have them in more lessons and stuff like that. I feel like I am just in it to not do stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You and me both, friend. Yep. But by saying no to all that, you're just opening up all this beautiful time for Mm -hmm. kids to figure out how to be bored, how to get unbored, for Mm -hmm. adults to have that time as well. Mm -hmm. And we do spend, I think, more time together as a family than if we were signing them up for things and then just taking them to them. You know, so true. We are having more time to do things like them go to play in the creek and me Mm -hmm. talk with them while they do it than if I was taking them to a soccer game. Yeah. My first preference is silence. I have a strong (laughs) preference for less noise in my life. I do not like having the radio on in the background if I'm talking to someone really hate if there's a TV on in the background. Like if you go to a restaurant and they Mm -hmm. have one playing, Mm -hmm. really dislike. I think I've always been this way. I know my mom is this way. She was very adamant that our upstairs living space have no TV so Mm. that there was a place where she could sit and read in the evenings where she wasn't going to be hearing a TV. And then downstairs is where we had that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't grow up in a house with a lot of noise that Mm -hmm. there weren't these ambient things. So I don't know how much of that is just innate and then how much of it is what I got used to, but I feel like it's getting stronger over time and Mm -hmm. I just 
do not like multiple inputs. I think that's yeah. what it is. More than the silence. I don't like multiple things happening at one time. I want to just focus on one. Mm-hmm. I feel that same way about a TV on. Mm-hmm. Like even when we go to people's houses where the practice is for them to just have a TV going, mm-hmm. people like that. They like to have it in the background. And I find it really hard to focus on other stuff. Yes, agree. My next one is that I prefer having lots of cats to not having cats. And I prefer not having a pet dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've had a dog before. And I wanted a dog for a long time. But now that we no longer have our dog, I feel really thankful that where we're focusing our pet energy is on the cats. You're in a good pet spot. We sure are. (laughs) Opposite of you, I have a strong preference for having no animals in my house and not having another living creature to care for and not having the fur and drool and other Mm -hmm. things that come with an animal living in your home. Fair. I have a very strong preference for going to bed early, has always been a preference. Mm -hmm. Even in college, I remember being like, good night, tell me what happened in the morning when I would go to sleep (laughs) at 10 p.m. and everyone was just getting ready to go out. Can confirm that that (laughs) happened. (laughs) Part of that was that I didn't prefer large parties, Mm -hmm. but also just really have always valued my sleep Mm -hmm. very highly. Yeah. My last preference that I identified is that I prefer that my children do things for themselves to the extent that they can before I step in to help them. Mm -hmm. This is something that we have worked on since our kids were babies and we didn't really sit them up in positions they couldn't get to on their own and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that this has helped me enjoy my children more because I know that when they're asking for help, that they usually really need it. I love that, that idea that you can better differentiate when something is really needed versus not. Mm -hmm. My final lifestyle preference is for comfortable clothes rather than trendy, which means a lot of athletic shorts, jeans, and t-shirts, and no makeup. Pretty much always been my preference and probably always will be. And that's been my preference most of my life as well, though I think I have gotten even more into comfortable clothes (laughs) lately. Mm -hmm. Yep, me too. What about food preferences? I love strongly flavored and textured things much more than I used to. I think I've become Mm -hmm. more adventurous Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older. For instance, I really, really love mushrooms now to the extent that I will pick a mushroom dish when at a restaurant, and I never would have done that the first half Mm -hmm. of my life. Mm Mm-hmm. I would also rather have Indian food with lots of veggies and flavor than a burger and fries if I'm choosing takeout. And I don't think that that was always the case. And I would always rather have hors d'oeuvres or small plates than a full fancy meal. But that's really been true my whole life. I have always preferred appetizers. So that's a longstanding preference for me. And then in terms of comfort foods, I still prefer more bland foods like macaroni and cheese or French fries and canned chicken soup or even the Lipton chicken soup with the little tiny noodles from the packet in the red box. Mm -hmm. These very boring foods are still the most comforting to me. I have a preference for snacking over meals all the time. Mm -hmm. I just want to eat when I'm hungry. I don't want to eat because the clock tells me that I should or not eat because it's not quote unquote time to eat. My taste preferences had definitely broadened over time, and I've moved from preferring savory over sweet. Mm. I still like sweets, but much less than I did even 10 years ago. 
hmm, there's lots I can just take or leave now. Like, it's fine, but not something I'm seeking out. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how much of that is my actual preferences changing versus how much is no longer placing restrictions on certain types Mm. of food and having it be somewhat forbidden and then feeling a stronger urge for it that I just don't have now. Hmm. Also interesting hearing you talk about how your preferences have changed, because definitely I was a much more selective eater growing up than I am now. But I also wonder if I would really describe myself as an adventurous eater right now. I feel like I've kind of broadened from what I ate when I was younger, but I'm not sure I've continued to broaden Mm. that there's certain things that I like now that I didn't like then, but I'm still eating a lot of the same things. Like at the Thai restaurant, there's a couple dishes I really want to get and I'm always getting those Mm. rather than trying different things every time or trying different restaurants. I'm open to it. I don't mind trying something new, but I'm not sure that's something I'm seeking out. I'm not sure I'm seeking out food novelty right now. Yeah. In that sense, I'm not really either. I still know what I want and want to get that even if the restaurant is more adventurous Mm -hmm. by definition. Yeah. So I don't know that I'm really that adventurous either. I feel like 15 to 25 was a real broadening for me Mm food-wise. And then I think maybe it's leveled off Mm. since then. Yeah, probably for me too. What about music preferences? Well, I grew up listening to country with my dad and oldies mm-hmm. with both of my parents and classical music with both of my parents. And I still love those, really, mm-hmm. especially songs that I listen to with them that remind me of them. I really like yeah. that. And when I started to develop my own musical taste, I liked a lot of pop music, as the young folks do, <laughs> as well as musical theater stuff, which I have continued to love throughout my whole life. I also have come more recently into loving bluegrass and folk music, Mm -hmm. and that's been really wonderful. I will also say, I know that we have mentioned it on the pod before, but I get fixated on songs or albums and just listen to them over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Songs that I've listened to on repeat over the years are Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler, Chapel of Love by the Dixie Cups, which is the Go Into the Chapel song. Mm Mm-hmm. Show Yourself from Frozen 2, that's a more recent one, and Don't Stop Believing by Journey. That's just a small sample. <laughs> I could go on and on uh-huh. of the songs that I still know every single lyric to because I listen to them on repeat so much. But really, despite liking lots of different types of music and having these moments of fixating on songs, I don't love live music unless it's mm-hmm. music that I know really well. Yeah. And that has been consistent throughout my life. And that's something that my sister and I share. And if we have music on at home and are trying to do other things, like you mentioned earlier, your preference for silence, Mm -hmm. like if we're trying to converse at dinner, I need it to be pretty quiet. Like I need the music to be down pretty low. I don't mind it if it's really low because Andrew really likes music and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But just like having a TV on, I find it really distracting. And I'm always telling Andrew, that's too loud. Please turn it down. It's too loud. As a kid, I really loved oldies. Mm -hmm. I really loved listening to the oldies station. Mm. And I would buy CDs. I remember I bought a lot of the Billboard Top 10 hits from Mm. the 60s decade. Yeah. I currently really enjoy folksy music with acoustic guitar, like things that I find very relaxing. I'll listen to most things, but generally I want to feel relaxed or upbeat or melancholy when listening to music. Not angry. (laughs) 
angry is not yeah. an emotion I'm going for. But any of those other things can be good depending on the moment. Have always loved listening to songs on repeat and have never enjoyed listening to albums all the way through because there's mm. just some songs I don't like as much as others. And mm. I just want to listen to the ones that I like. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And then I don't know that I've ever felt like I have a really defined musical taste, mm -hmm. that there's lots that I enjoy. Like I like listening to country fine. I like a lot of pop music. I have always really hated this vibe of I only listen to cool underground music that you haven't heard of and mm -hmm. my music taste is so sophisticated. Yeah. It's like some songs are popular just because they're fun and that's fine. <laughs> we don't need to be defining ourselves by how unique and unheard of our favorite musical artists are. And if you're into seeking out unique artists, I think that's wonderful. I just don't like the superiority mm -hmm. piece of it. It feels like book snobbery to me, mm. only with music. And yeah, I yeah. just don't like it. Just listen to what you want to listen to, whatever that is. <laughs> and if it's on repeat, more power to you. <laughs> yeah. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> and like you... Live music is not my favorite. I think it's too long for me. And loud. I like the live music where it's like at the park uh -huh. and you can be further back and you're chatting with people and it's this whole social outdoor experience. But uh -huh. going to an actual concert is a lot for me. It's a lot of noise and it's long and it's a lot of songs that maybe are not my favorite songs. So <laughs> I need a just a real condensed version of the ones I want to hear. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who recently went to the Taylor Swift concert and was telling me how amazing it was. And in a lot of ways, it sounded great. And then she said it was three hours long. <laughs> <and> I just, <laughs> I really like Taylor Swift, but three hours, it's a lot. It's a big commitment that I am just not ready to make for music. <laughs> what are your TV and movie preferences? Like songs, I like what I like, and it's hard to convince me to try new things. Like, Andrew would really like for me to watch all the Star Wars series with him on Disney+, okay. Plus, and they're so good, and I'm like, I just can't care about it. I'm sorry. Nope. <laughs> we'll not be doing that. And I think I was more into TV and movies when I was younger. I feel like that mm. just feels less like what I want to do. Yeah. Like, I would much rather be on TikTok for an hour hmm. than watch a show just weird but it is who i am the movie that we go back to over and over again is about time which i'm sure i've mentioned before on the pod this is a time yes. travel rom-com love it so much we have also rewatched the office parks and rec and ted lasso together and one of my favorite comfort movies that andrew doesn't necessarily get into, though he will watch it with me if that's what's on, is Sense and Sensibility, the one with Emma Thompson and Hugh Grant. And I would rather watch a movie or TV show that I've already seen and know that I like than a new mm -hmm. one that I might not like. And I think I've become less adventurous with screen viewing as I've gotten older, that I'm more set in my ways of, eh, I just rather want to watch what I want to watch. I have a strong preference for TV over movies, and I think it's that comfort and ease of returning to something mm. where I already know what's going on and mm -hmm. I already know what I'm going to get rather than starting fresh with a movie and having to learn the characters and figure out if I like it. I hate anything scary, violent, or suspenseful. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way about books, but even more strongly about movies. Yes. Like, I'll do some light suspense in my reading. No thank you for anything screen because I think it feels so much more intense to be viewing it it's versus too imagining real. it. Yes, it is. 
And like you, my preference is generally not to watch something. Mm -hmm. Some things I really enjoy. Honestly, the same things you mentioned watching with Andrew. Mm -hmm. The Parks and Rec office and Ted Lasso are some of mine and Neil's favorites. But we haven't tried a new TV show in a long time. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like we just have other things going on and maybe it's something we'll come back to more maybe in the future or maybe not. What are your reading preferences? I definitely like to read YA much less than I used to as I've mm-hmm. gotten farther away from the age group of the characters. I feel like used to be I would choose that over just about anything else and that is definitely not true now. And I think that I came into my audiobook preferences more as a young adult. Like, I didn't really listen to audiobooks until I listened over and over again to the Harry Potter audiobooks during graduate school. Mm -hmm. And that's when I got really into it. But I also wonder if it just wasn't as available. You know, when we were younger, like, we didn't have smartphones Mm -hmm. and we didn't have the library audiobook apps. Yes. So is that maybe why? It was getting them on CD. I remember checking out the Harry Potter books on CD, mm-hmm. listening to them in my room. Yeah. But that's much more cumbersome. For sure. And you can't listen to them faster then. It's true. I know. That's the other thing. It's like maybe now that I have this capacity to go at 2x speed all the time, <laughs> that's why I like it now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my reading preferences have expanded a lot as an adult. Now I read mysteries, romance, and fantasy, which I did not as a kid or early young adult. I feel like I got into those in my late 20s. My preference for audiobooks is also new. I think part of it is what you're saying about it just being more accessible. But also, I think I didn't like the loss of control that comes with listening to an audiobook because before I didn't get to control the pace of the delivery. Mm-hmm. And that it was harder to go back and reread or look at Mm. something. Mm -hmm. With an audiobook, it just keeps moving forward. Yeah. And also the delivery itself affects the reading experience. And now I can see how much it adds to it. But it can also take away from it. Absolutely. And controls how you perceive those characters in a way that's different than reading it on the page. So true. But I am a convert. Love audiobooks. What kind of socializing preferences do you have now? Socializing preferences have definitely changed for me. I feel like I used to be all about big groups and parties as often as possible. If you need people to show up, I'm your girl. But Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, my preference has really shifted to smaller groups, one-on-one time with fewer friends less often. I value time alone so much more than I used to before I was a parent that that is really different. And there are still some exceptions to that. Like we have an ongoing Friday afternoon park day that we do with a big group of friends from Plum School. And then my book club, which has nine of us in it, which is a number that I would usually feel too big for me. But Mm -hmm. I love, 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 love that group. I feel like I was much more into entertaining when I was younger. And now I'm Mm -hmm. more like, let's go somewhere like the park that's a mutual space and not mm-hmm. necessarily feel like we need to be welcoming people in quite as much. I still love it, but it feels much more exhausting to me mm-hmm. to have people over than it used to. Hmm. Yeah. I have always really loved one-on-one or small group socializing. Have never enjoyed being in a large group. I remember this in high school that I had a group of friends that often did stuff all together and it was fine. And fun, but I really preferred those times where I was just with one or two other people because I Mm -hmm. felt 
more comfortable opening up. I think I don't like being vulnerable in front of a big group. Mm -hmm. And it feels like the conversations can't really get to a deeper level. Everything just feels on the surface, which I think can also be really valuable. I think small talk is underrated in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and that you can have meaningful connections in that way. But I've always preferred that smaller setting because I have felt more comfortable in it and then felt like I've really been able to deepen the bonds with people that way. A friend was talking about her daughter having a sleepover for her birthday. I can't remember how many kids she said. I want to say five or six, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of kids. And it brought back this flashback of a birthday sleepover that I went to as a kid. And I was like, man, I just really did not like situations like that where it was a larger group of people for this extended period of time. And I was telling Neil about it. And he's like, well, why did you go to so many? And I was like, oh, I guess it was really just that one time. (laughs) And I realized (laughs) how much I hated it and never did it again. Uh But it's such a prominent memory for Mm -hmm. me that I think I was like, oh, yeah, I always hated doing that. And it's like, no, just hated the one night so very much (laughs) (laughs) that you never did it again. Exactly. I also have a preference for not going out to eat to socialize. Mm. I like going to the park. I like going on a walk. I like having a friend over to just chat and have coffee or tea at my house. But going out and having to just do the whole restaurant experience feels more disruptive to me now and Mm. not as relaxing. It's fine. I like going out to eat. But if I had to choose, I would rather do one of those other things. Interesting. Are there any areas where your preferences notably clash or line up with your partner's preferences? As I mentioned, I think Andrew would like to have music on most of the time Mm -hmm. at a louder volume than I would prefer and probably less conversing, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think music Mm -hmm. feels much more restful for him than talking does and conversing. Mm -hmm. And because the three other members of the family, me and the children, love conversing so much. I think that kind of wears him Mm -hmm. out. Yep. And like I said, he also wants me to watch the Star Wars shows with him, and I really don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) And I really don't even mind if he wants to tell me about it after the fact, but I just can't be bothered (laughs) to watch Mm -hmm. the shows. Otherwise, I think our preferences line up pretty well. We both love entertaining, but also only want to do it some of the time because it does feel kind of draining. Mm -hmm. And I think we both prefer that sort of smaller socializing. So we would like to be together with one other family rather than Mm -hmm. in a huge group somewhere. So that works out really well. Neil prefers less talking in the morning than I do. Mm -hmm. I have gotten used to this, so we just don't talk at all in the morning. He gets (laughs) up, makes his oatmeal, reads his book, sits quietly on the couch. And if I am up when he's up, which lately has not been happening because he's been waking up very early to go to work. But when we are both up on the weekend, I just get a coffee, read my book, don't talk to him at all until a little ways in. He needs that time to acclimate to the day. Mm -hmm. And I figured that out by seeing how annoyed he got when I wanted to talk to him a lot in the morning. (laughs) I also have much stronger food preferences than Neil. Mm. So that's an area where we don't clash. And I'm grateful because I get to choose what we eat when it's something that I want because he really doesn't care. I can't even think of a time where he's had a strong preference about, yes, I want to have this for dinner and not that, where almost every night I feel that way about our meal plan of this sounds good to me and this doesn't sound good to me. Mm -hmm. So I do like that he's more go with the flow about food Mm -hmm. than I am. Mm -hmm. 
And I agree with you that, yeah, in general, I think we line up in terms of our excellent fashion sense and commitment <laughs> to style, which is very low. Very low on all sides, y'all. Uh-huh. Yes. And that smaller group socializing is also something that we share. Love it. Do you have any thoughts about how your preferences have changed over time? Are there certain areas where they've grown stronger or weaker or how you've grown into your preferences? I think I have always had strong preferences. And even as they've changed, I think I've been confident in them. I think if you asked people who know me well one of my defining characteristics, I think they will say that I have strong opinions. I think that that is a defining mm -hmm. characteristic mm -hmm. of Abby. And I feel great about it. Yeah. I think I've grown into trusting my instincts, that I've always had strong preferences, and I've always felt good about my preferences, but in some ways I felt before like I was like, yeah, Sarah, you can think whatever you want to think. Like mm -hmm. I was kind of pumping myself up mm -hmm. to be confident, and now I just feel confident. Like you were intellectually there before, but now you're 100% there on all yes. sides. I am emotionally also there. Love it. And I think I'm also just learning to trust my instincts. Like with doing design stuff, I think before I would think, oh, well, I'm not a design expert. I don't know anything about that. And it's like, no, if I'm looking through things, there are things I like and things I don't like. Mm. And I can tell when I'm looking at it. And even if it's not stylish or on trend in these specific ways, like I still know what I like and I'm just learning to lean into that. I like that. That wraps up our conversation about our preferences. Listeners, we would love to hear about any strong preferences you have and especially anything that's really changed over time. Let's end by sharing something we've been eating lately. I have been making homemade sushi. I may have shared this in the past. I know it's been a few years, but this time I looked up a sushi rice recipe. Mm. So I got the specific sushi rice, not just general white rice, mm -hmm. and then looked up how to cook it in the Instant Pot. And one thing that multiple of these recipes recommended is that there's this little sauce that you put on it afterwards with mm. rice vinegar, sugar, and salt. Mm -hmm. And you mix that together. And then after it cooks, you pour it on top. And that had never occurred to me that the sushi rice itself was flavored mm. when you get sushi. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's just rice. So feeling very fancy with my very simple concoction that I put on top of it. Mm -hmm. I love how many rolls you can make when you're doing it at home that you mm -hmm. can really fill up on sushi. Yeah. We've been doing veggie sushi. So cucumbers, carrots, sweet potatoes, cream cheese, green onions, avocado, various combinations of those. You can get a very hearty roll mm. and lots of leftovers. So it's been a nice addition to the rotation. I like that. What have you been eating? Yesterday, I made a pork shoulder, and I hadn't made one of these in a long time, but they were on super sale. I guess they were going to be past the date <laughs> sometime soon. So I got mm -hmm. three pounds of meat for not very much money at all. Before, when I had made pork shoulder, I made like a dry rub and put it on there, but I just don't have the bandwidth for that. So I was looking mm -hmm. up very easy pork shoulder recipes, and the one that I found on all recipes was take the pork shoulder put it in the slow cooker, and pour a can of root beer over the top. Mm. And that's what I did, and it was delicious. <laughs> so would recommend, if you are a meat eater, this was the easiest meat I've eaten in a long time, and the leftovers have been great, and I loved it. Do you just eat it plain, or do you shred it and put it on sandwiches? Or? I shredded it and just put it on a plate, 
with mm-hmm. barbecue sauce on the top, but I have eaten it on baked potatoes before, and I love that. And Andrew had his on a hamburger bun, and he said it was really good. So the sky's the limit with the pork. <laughs> Sounds great. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. And they're going to have a fire truck come. Oh, I just hit myself in the head. And they're going to have a fire truck come. I'm going to wait just a minute. (laughs) So loud. Feels much more uh, (laughs) like like a plane is taking off behind you. (laughs) It does feel like that.